Hey, I'm Brian. I'm the senior minister at Harmony Christian Church. Thanks for clicking on our video and giving us a watch today. I hope that this video will be a blessing to you and to your family. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can go to harmonychurch.tv and there uh, you can send us a message if you like. Maybe there's something that we could be praying about for you or for your family. We'd like to know what that is. And we'd also like to know too, if there's maybe this video has impacted you in some way and just want to send us a, a little message about that, that'd be great. Also, if you'd like to go online, you can also go on there and you can send us a giving if you'd like. You can do one-time gift or recurring giving. That'd be great. If you'd like to mail us uh, some kind of a gift, you can mail it to 7100 South Choctaw Road, Choctaw, Oklahoma, 73020. Or maybe you'd just like to give us a call. You can do that at 405-391-7310. Well, we hope that this video is a blessing to you today. Maybe you've uh, heard about Charles Dickens, uh, A Tale of Two Cities. It's a famous quote. I'm, I'm sure you've heard it. It, it. it goes like this. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief, and it was the epic of incredulity. It was a season of light, and it was a season of darkness. It was a spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had nothing before us. We were all going directly to heaven, and we were all going directly the other way. Charles Dickens is a bit too polite to use the word hell uh, in his little quote there, but that seems to sort of sum up a lot of the situation that we sort of find ourselves in. It's kind of like the best of times, and it's also like the worst of times too. A lot of people are finding that they're working like a lot of hours, maybe even more so than they have in the past. And there's other people who are, are learning that they've lost their job or maybe they've been furloughed and so times have been really tight, times have been very difficult for them. There's also been, there's also been other things that have happened to us as well. Parents are having to discover what it means to be a homeschool teacher and they're learning that they never wanted to be a teacher, which just means that we are really grateful for the teachers that are out there that, that do the teaching on a daily occasion. Like We're really thankful for them. We've had to learn a lot of other a lot of other stuff too. We've had to learn that new ways to connect with family and with friends. We we never thought that we would use a cell phone in the way that we've used it here recently, and to connect with family and friends the way that we have. And and yet we've discovered that hey, like we can connect in ways we we never thought that we could. We've also learned that being home with our children has been kind of a good thing that there's all sorts of research out there that tells us that there are all kinds of healthy bonds, that when, when healthy bonds are created between parent and child, that years down the road, that that can turn into some really great adults. And then there's also some families who are at home, and it's not really that good that you're home there together. It's not really working out very well. Uh, here at the church here recently, just a few weeks ago, I got to be a small part of the coming together of, of two people, we would performed a, a wedding ceremony. And it was really an exciting thing to be a part of. Uh, there's this girl that's been coming to Harmony here, uh, a young woman. Her, her name is Autumn. She's been coming here for quite some time. She doesn't really have a lot of family she's connected to, mostly a lot been connected to her grandmother and grandfather and her, and her papa junior. And she's a great lady. And she fell in love with a guy by the name of Daniel here a while back and they fell in love with each other and Daniel didn't really have anybody not really connected to his family very well doesn't really have a lot of family around and so here are these two people 
that don't have anybody. She doesn't have anybody. He doesn't have anybody. And yet together they found somebody in the midst of all this craziness. And they got married. And it was a wonderful thing to be a part of. Uh, there's another family at the church, the Mountcastle family, and they're looking forward to another addition to their family. Here in the month of June, they're, they're looking forward to uh, a brand new baby boy joining their family. And they're excited about it, and they're thrilled about it. Uh, here at the church, we're looking forward uh, to the day. Uh, here in the next couple of months, we're going to be doing uh, a baby shower for them, and we're looking forward to that. It's an exciting thing. New life in the midst of all these things that are going on. It's wonderful. And at the same time, there's, there's other things that we're concerned about. There's a part of the church family here at Harmony. Uh, her name's Carol. And she recently found out that she has contracted C-19 somehow or another. She, she's got it. And she's at home right now. And she's under self-quarantine. And doctors are monitoring her. And she's staying away from family. And her fever kind of fluctuates up and down. You know, it can go anywhere from like 100 to 103. And when it gets a little higher, her, her breathing gets a little more labored, a little more difficult. But like I said, the doctors are watching out for her and her family's watching out for her. And she's worried and she's concerned, but she's not giving in to despair. She's discovered that her identity is in Christ. And I, and I think for a lot of us during this time, that's one of the things that we've really kind of leaned into that our identity is in Christ, that that's who we are. Like what defines us as to who we are is I am loved and I am known as a beloved child of God. Like that's who we are. But it, we might know that maybe like in our heads, but there's like a lot of habits that go with that, right? And so maybe another thing that we've kind of discovered during this time is there's some habits that we have in our lives that's just really not that great. It's not really beneficial for us. It's not really beneficial for our families. Like it's, it's really not that hot, really not that great. And so maybe during this time, one of the things that we could do is we could use this time as a way to sort of examine ourselves a little bit. And one of the baseline sort of ways that we can examine our lives and examine ourselves is being authentic. I didn't say perfect. What I said was authentic. And to be authentic is to be able to tell the truth. Just say, like, this is who I am. This is who God made me to be. And in, in all the strength and in all the weakness of that is, like, this is me. This is what's going on with me. And to be able to tell the truth about kind of like where we're at and what's going on with us. A, a little bit of authenticity. It's a great place to start. Because many of us have discovered a lot of strengths. We've discovered that we have the strength to serve people in ways that we never thought that we had. We, we've discovered that we can lean into this crisis and do things that we never thought we had the capability to do. We're, we're stronger at, at handling our anxieties and our worries than we ever thought that we were. And at the same time, we've also discovered some other things about ourselves, too. Like maybe you've discovered that, maybe like I have in my life, you've discovered that we have this difficulty. Like when there's something that we don't want to do, maybe it's something hard, something difficult, we'll come up with some reason why we can't do it right now. 
We'll, we'll wait till later. We'll get diverted off into something else. There's some other project we need to go do. There's a phone call we need to go make. There's something else we need to go do instead of dealing with whatever that is right now. At the church that I grew up in as a kid, it wasn't, it wasn't said from the pulpit. It wasn't a policy statement. It wasn't said in a prayer. But you could kind of get the impression that if I just sort of projected out there to other people this more perfect me, this one that could always say God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And I could just kind of say that. And when there was prayer requests, I didn't really have anything to request anything about. And, and I didn't really have to really be real. I could just kind of like stick this other me out there. And in some way, and I was like winning, like I was making it through because I was just doing a little bit better than everybody else around me. I wasn't really being authentic. I was really wasn't being real. If you have ever said to yourself, I wish I had more time to be at home. If you have ever thought to yourself, I wish that like our family wasn't so busy and we weren't involved in sports this or sports that or work was this and work was that and all these busy things that are out there would just shut down for a while. Well, guess what? You have got your answer. And now is as perfect time as any to do a little soul care on yourself, to be a little authentic. Where are you with this whole connection with God and with other people? Where are you at with that? How real are you being with yourself and with God and with others? Like, how you doing with that? What's up with that? Paul puts it like this, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. He says, for you died... And your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Now, that's interesting. Paul says that your life, as a follower of Jesus, if you're a baptized follower of Jesus, your life has become enmeshed, like connected, intertwined with Christ. You're connected with him. And at the same time, you have this life in him that's hidden. So this is something you're going to have to explore and grow into and learn about discover. This, this is a hidden life. This is something that you're going to have to learn something about. That we, that we can't just say, well, I believe in God, or yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. There's some habits, and there's a way of living, and there's some things that we're going to have to consider about what does this look like, and, and how do I do these things? What, what, what's happening with us? Like, for example, one thing that I one thing that I have come to appreciate greatly during this time, and maybe you have too, is those small little interactions that we have with other people. You know, uh, those small little ones. Like uh, right now, I'm missing the ability to go and get a haircut, and it's not just the ability to go and get a haircut. Or maybe for you, it's going to get like your like your hair styled. Maybe that's what you're missing out on. It's not just getting my hair done or my hair cut that we're that we're missing. It's those small little human interactions. It's that little fun little back and forth as you're getting your hair cut. It's, it's, it, we've come to appreciate that when we're at the grocery store now, that little interaction that we have with the cashier. It's those small little human interactions that we have come to recognize as they really are important to our lives. They, they really do like bring value into my life. And we're beginning to recognize those kind of things. Uh, I know a friend of mine, 
his wife recently passed away. They were married for like 30, 40 years. And he wasn't really sure what to do after she had passed away. But he kind of found the strength and he went out and decided to take guitar lessons. Never played the guitar a day in his life. But he went out and started to take guitar lessons just to try it. And he found that there was a lot of deep meaning before all this quarantine business happened. He found a lot of deep meaning in just going to guitar practice, a little bit of interaction with a fellow human being over guitar lessons and the importance that that brought into his life. I'm learning some hard things too, and maybe you are as well. We have this way of not being very authentic with ourselves, but finding that we can hide and try to project this better self. But there's, there's a th Christian theologian by the name of Cornelius Plantanga, and he says this, Self-deception about our sin is a narcotic. It numbs us to the point we can't see things clearly. Maybe that's you. Maybe during this time of having to be at home a little more, our anxiety levels are up, and we're being maybe, hopefully, a little more self-examining. What's going on with me? What's happening with me? And maybe we should be asking ourselves some questions. Like, why is it I'm so angry? And why is that making me so frustrated? Why is it I avoid this or that? It's asking ourselves some questions about that. Here's one little practice you could try during this time. Maybe it'll help you out a little bit. It's a way to kind of focus. It's called a centering prayer, and it's real easy to do. Christians have been using this for like a thousand something years, and it's just a real simple prayer. Or Some people have made their own version, but but one prayer that Christians have used is just a simple prayer of just, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And they'll repeat that sometimes out loud or maybe just to themselves. And they'll say it over and over and over again. And it's a way to sort of focus your mind and focus your heart. And as you breathe in and out slowly as you repeat this, I think you'll notice your blood pressure will come down a little bit. And your anxiety levels will come down a little bit. And now let's go tackle that Zoom call again. And now let's go cook the meal now let's go deal with the kids. There's a simple little practice. Or maybe what you might say is, God be with me. And just repeat that over and over and over again, breathing in and out slowly. We might just focus our minds for a while, calm the nerve for just a little bit. You know, I love the book of 1 John. It's a great book. And John is this awesome writer in the book of 1 John because he's been there. He, he knew Jesus, and now he's to the point where he's up in years, and he doesn't have too many more years left here on earth. And he's writing the book of 1 John as he's kind of looking back on, on his life and the things that he's experienced. And he wants to be sure that, like, I, I want to tell you some stuff. Like, I want to be sure that you kind of got this. And so the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 1, uh, here's what John has to write. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen not with our eyes, which we have looked at, and, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Life appeared, 
And we have seen it and we testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So John wants us to know that Jesus was real, that this wasn't a figment of his imagination. This wasn't some story like, I saw this guy. I, I held his hand. I walked on the road with him. I sat down. I've, I've eaten fish with him. Like, I know that Jesus was real. I know this guy. Like, this happened for true. And not only that, but Jesus has changed everything. He's changed everything about my life. He's changed everything about everybody else's life. It's changed everything because of what he's done. And now we have a new way of fellowshipping. Now there's this family that we get introduced into. So not only has everything changed, now you also have a new way of fellowshipping, a new family, John says. And he continues on. He says, we write this to make our joy complete. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we proclaim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out of the truth. So John's trying to say, hey, look, everything has changed. You have a new family. There is this, there's, Jesus is really real. And now he goes on to say, and during this time, tell your story. You have a story to tell. Not only, not only is, you know, like, do we have our identity in Christ, you have a story that you can tell somebody else. And it's your story. And I, I guess you could always say, well, yeah, but you know, it's not like some made-for-TV kind of a thing. It doesn't matter. You have a story that you can tell about how God's grace and God's love has changed you. And that's your story. And you can share that with somebody else. And why not now? Why not now when you're standing six feet apart from somebody and we're all wondering and asking questions of each other and the cashier, how you doing, what's going on? Are you worried? Are you concerned? In the perfect moment, not in a cheesy kind of a way, but just to say, you know, I, I have a hope. In the midst of all the crazy I have some hope, and here's why I have hope. And you could tell your story. You could do that. And, and John's still not done. He's got a little bit more to say. Picking up in verse 7, he says, But if we talk in the light, and he is the light, and we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin, if we claim to be without sin, we deserve, we, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Hopefully by now, one of the things that hopefully here at Harmony and other churches across America have learned, hopefully we've figured out that the church never was a building. Hopefully we've figured out that you can never really close a church. How can you? It's, it's people. It's people. It always has been people. And one of the best things that a church can do for other people is to let them be them. In all their weakness and in all their strength, let them be them. What a great gift that is. 
What an awesome gift that is. But let's also not forget the challenge that John is offering here. The ability to be authentic. The ability to tell the truth. Where we're at. You know, there's a great line in the book of Genesis after Adam and Eve have done the thing that God told them not to do and to kind of run and hide. And God comes and he says, Adam, where are you at? Where are you at, Adam? And Adam's response to God's question of where are you is, I'm naked. I'm naked? That doesn't tell me where you're at. Now, now God knows where he is. But what a strange answer. Where are you at? I'm naked. In other words, Adam has discovered that he's vulnerable, that something is wrong, that something's not right. And so he runs and he hides. And isn't that us? It's hard to tell the truth about where we're at and what's going on. It's difficult. It's scary. And yet during this time, this is the perfect time. The grand pause button has been pressed for so many of us. Now's the time. Be authentic. Where are you at? Where are you at? Tell the truth. How are things with you? How are things with you and God? How are things with you and other people? What are those habits? I don't know who you might have to talk to while you're watching this video. Maybe it's somebody you might need to call. Maybe it's an email you could send. Maybe it's right there in your house. You might be able to have this discussion maybe with your spouse. But now's the perfect time. Be authentic. God bless you. This is Matthew chapter 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's bow for a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful and thankful that you are a God that loves and cares for us so much that we can be authentic and real with you. So God, during this time, might we uh, ease our mind and calm our nerves by reminding us that we have the ability to be real with you and with others. We're thankful for your grace. We're grateful for your son, Jesus. We're thankful for your comfort in reminding us that you are with us to the very end. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Peace be with you.